You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow us, Bright City Church, on Instagram. Today's message is from Jess Conley. I'm, I'm going to introduce my friend Alexander Hoover in just a minute, but I'm going to tell you guys a story first. So if you're new to Bright City or if you've never been here for a sharing Sunday, here's what's about to happen. Um, after we finish a sermon series, so after we're done kind of studying uh, a subject or an idea or a passage of scripture for a while, we'll have pretty often a couple times a year what we call a sharing Sunday. And what we'll do is we'll bring a couple of you up here to process and say, hey, this is what God taught me, or this is what I shifted in my life during this message. Um, this, is, this is what's happening in my life. And the reason why we do that is kind of dual fold. Number one, we, because we believe you hear from God and you experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes hearing it from um, someone you don't often hear it from is really life-giving. And it's beautiful to just watch people testify to God's grace. The other reason we do it is because we know that like hearing message after message after message, Sunday after Sunday, sometimes doesn't give you a chance to pause and reflect and shift and apply that word to your life. So we like to take a deep breath as a church and say, hold on, what's God doing? What's the story here? So we're having a sharing Sundays today, but it's a little bit different um, because we're introducing, I, I told Alexandra, I think this is her coming out party a little bit. This is her coming out party, but we're not just giving you important church updates. We're really kind of letting you in on a story of what God's been doing in our church and in her life. And also, I believe and perceive that you will also hear from God and, and you'll notice his faithfulness in new ways. So. All that being said, that's your preamble. Hi, I'm Jess. If we never met, by God's grace, I get to be an owner here at Bright City, which means I own the mission of the church. And I want to tell you that this story actually started, I looked up the date, on June 13th, 2015. This is how it started for me. Yours mm, probably started a lot longer. Um, this is when this today's story started for me. On June 13th, 2015, I was teaching the Bible at a retreat um, out of town. And I got done teaching, and my plan was to teach and then leave um, and get back to my city, get back to you guys, get back to my family. And so I got done teaching, and I started to walk out. I grabbed my bag, and I walked into the hallway, and I heard the next speaker start speaking. And I was like, hold on one second. I got to go back in that room. <laughs> um, and I could just hear, like, the, the faintest echoes of what she was saying and what she was teaching, and I didn't know her, but I knew I needed to hear that message. Whatever she was, I was like, I got to know who she is, and it was Alexandra Hoover, and I went back in the room, and I like sat at the back, and I was like, well, now I have to stay, so I stayed for the whole message, and I met her afterwards, and I was like, listen, there's a gift on your life to teach the Bible. You you are saying so many things that I, I've been like feeling. That message felt like it was for me. Thank you so much. Can we be friends? And that was about eight years ago when we stayed friends. And I've gotten to watch God move in her life. I've gotten to meet her family. We've had her come preach at Bright City two years ago. And it's just been a sweet, beautiful connection. So then another, the next part of the story you need to know is that in 
fall 2022, really spring 2022, Bright City began to perceive that it was time for us to hire somebody else on staff full time. Um, and whereas we've always hired from inside and kind of like, hey, you volunteer, you're a leader, can you also do this? We perceived like nobody else in this space is ready to work here full time. Everybody has their own calling. So we, we might need to go outside our space and find somebody else who's willing to do this job, this, this next new role that we really perceive is needed for our growth. So we started praying, we started sharing that job, uh, that job description online. We started um, really asking God, who is this going to be? And we ended up walking with one guy for about eight months um, and, and praying and asking, like, is, is this what God has for him? Is he supposed to move here? Um, and at the end of the day, God just made it really clear, like, we loved him and he loved Bright City. Some of y'all might have met him. He came here. His family loved the church. They really wanted that to be what God had for them. And we all just kind of perceived this is not what God's up to. He's doing another thing in your life and that's good. But we were discouraged because we were like, well, what now, God? Because we need somebody. <laughs> we need help. So the very next week after that story kind of ended, I was at another retreat where I was with my friend Alexandra. And I was sitting at a table and I was telling everybody, like, I'm so bummed. We're about to hire this guy. He was going to really help us with strategy and growth. And it, it kind of fell through. And Alexandra said, interesting. And that's where I'll kind of pause the story. Um, so I'll stop talking now. And I would love to just have you guys welcome with me officially Alexandra Hoover right now. Will you give her a round of applause? So we're obviously going to get into what your role is, what you're doing. But first, will you just tell us about you? Tell us about how you and Jesus, what your life has looked like, whatever you want to tell us we want to hear. Hi, friends. Good morning. I, uh, I, I'm really overwhelmed because from up here looking out, it's just so evident what God is doing at Bright City. And it's so overwhelming to be a part of it. So just for a second, if you could just take a look around, like there are barely any seats left. And this is like an act and move of God for the city, for this community. And I'm going to tell you about my whole life as much as I can. I've practiced Cliff Notes version of this over and over. I'm like, I have this much time, but I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm in awe of God because of you. So thank you for, for having me. Thank you for letting me be here. So my name is Alexander Hoover. This is most of my family here. This is Mario, Layla, and Kingston. Sophia's in the back. She's just like a smaller version of me. She's like three feet tall. <laughs> You'll, you can't, I promise you, with like curly hair, you cannot miss her. I was born in D.C. I'm of Venezuelan descent. My parents are first-gen immigrants. Um, although I was born in D.C., I moved back to Venezuela at like the really early age of like three months old. And so didn't move back to the States until I was about five. There's a whole lot there that I'll have to fill in the gaps over coffee, coffee for. I just don't have the time. So just try to stick with me. I lived a lot of places. Born in D.C., parents are Venezuelan. Uh, moved back to Virginia when I was about six years old. And then we moved to Alaska when I was 10. That's like the only party trick I have. I was raised in Anchorage, Alaska, formative years. And it was just a really difficult, beautiful part of my story. And from Alaska, I moved down to North Carolina. I had a cousin there and I got accepted into college in Charlotte and all the things, it was beautiful. I was literally like running from Anchorage, away from all the things like my mom and just a, a lot of unhealth and just hard things that you'll hear as I share and, and teach just a part of my story and God's helped me reconcile a lot of those pieces of my life and redeem them. Nonetheless, it's still a part of my story. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure you have those spaces where it's just like hard to reconcile and redeem them and yet God 
really invites us in, and so that's just a part of it. Moved down to Charlotte, and then I met my husband, who was the actual best gift in my life, Mario Hoover, um, is just literally the best person I know. Like, loves God more than me for sure, is the best leader I know, like, honest, and I'm not afraid to say that, because it's just the truth. He calls me up in my faith, and so a lot of what you see up here is just because of my husband's leadership in our home. Um, because I was just a sassy 18-year-old girl when I met Jesus. I really just was, who really had a lot to uh, kind of sift through with God. I, Mark 9:24, heard Pastor Nick say this morning, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, has been such a part of my life. I, uh, tongue-in-cheek, I say that I have the gift of unbelief. Uh, but truly, so much of my like life theme is helping myself with God, like walk through believing God before I see him. And so in Charlotte, North Carolina, I met my husband. I got, we got married when I was 19 years old. By the grace of God, we've been married 18 years, which is, yes, yes, it's truly just, it's grace, it's beautiful. We've got three beautiful kids. And yeah, I, I wasn't ever thinking about stepping into vocational ministry, but somehow I ended up there. So good. Okay, yeah. will you, on that note, will you tell us what the last few years of ministry yeah. has looked like? Yes. So I've been in vocational ministry, like working, serving within a local church, probably like 12, 13 years, maybe even longer. Mario and I started serving at a really small church in Davidson, North Carolina together. We were over um, the youth group, which is, I feel like, where everybody sort of starts. It's just kind of like the entry point. Uh, the pastor of that church, Pastor Jeffries, I'm still in touch with him, really affirmed like my gifting and my leadership and let me oversee the youth group when I shouldn't have been. You know what I mean? Like I was young and unexperienced and like let me put a budget together for the team and just like, let me kind of grit out what that season of ministry looked like. And I fell in love with, with it, with the people, with the teenagers, with the community. Mario, he even gave us the church van to pick kids up in. Do you remember that? Like, I don't even know why. He literally, like, handed us the keys. He was like, go pick up the kids. I was like, yes, rile them up. <laughs> and it was, like, the best years of our ministry. Uh, but that's where I fell in love with just the local church. Um, I saw God move and, like, change families and change lives and change our lives. It's where... It's where I was able to see my gifting and my purpose in like a brand new, like through a brand new lens. And even at that point, here's what's really beautiful. Whether you're in vocational ministry or not, like I saw vision and purpose outside of vocational ministry at that church. Like I was, I understood then that my mission field was my work, wherever God sent me. So like I was working at a bank, that was my mission field. I worked at an elementary school, that's where God had me. And so before I ever like stepped into paid vocational ministry, I understood that the Great Commission, God was like, you're being sent. Yeah. It's like picking up those kids, that wasn't salary. That was like we served in the church and we gave our life for that and it stirred me. But that's because Pastor Jeffries was so affirming and incredible. He was like, this is your church, right? Like we're owners. He was like, this is your church. You get to step into it. So that's where it all started, babies. Uh, I then fell in love with, this, with, with God so much that I, be, like, I wondered, how can I tell everybody about God? Like, where, how do I tell people? Where do I go? I'm, t I'm telling all the teenagers I can meet. They're all sort of tired of me, but I'm going to keep talking to them about it. And then I started nannying. This is a super important part of my story. I started nannying for a family. Now, Angela McGee, you'll hear me talk about her probably like two or three times a year, is a hero in my life because it's the first woman that ever discipled me. She's not an influencer. She's not a pastor. She's not written books. But the woman's faith lived out in my life changed me. 
Like I, I like thanked her in my book. I, I talk about her at conferences. Like I just, she is literally a hero in my life. So just for a second, like you're an Angela McGee in someone's life. And so much of my faith is marked by Angela's faith and her inviting me in. So I started nanning for this family. I didn't know they loved God, didn't know they were believers. I was around 19, so God was doing something. Same time I was serving at this church in Davidson. And uh, the woman just invited Mario and I to like her dinner table. After work, she'd be like, why don't you guys stay for dinner? Like, I'm making spaghetti tonight. And I'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> I did not, like, I work for you. And I would tell Mario, like, hey, this lady, want, like, she wants us to eat dinner. And he was like, why? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. She's just really sweet and kind and, and, and loves us, I think. And so she never, ever pressed Jesus on me. But she saw that I was curious, right? And so through conversation, she would see me, like, bring my Bible to work. And she'd be like, hey, well, Grayson, which is her son, he's, I think, 12 now. She'd be like, Grayson is sleeping. Um, why don't you can read your Bible over break? Like, if Grayson is napping, you can bring your Bible. You can sit down and ask me any questions that you have. And so I'd ask her really hard questions, like, about the book of Exodus and Leviticus. Like, really hard. Like, and she'd be like, I don't know, but we can walk it through together. And I would see her live out her faith every day like with her kids and her husband. This is the woman that helped me start my first Wix blog. She was a marketing CEO in Charlotte and I remember sitting down with her and being like, I feel like I need to tell the world about God and I don't know how, I'm already serving at my church because she was like, well, that's your first step. I'm like, you know I'm doing that. She's like, great, like you're in your church, you're serving. She's like, I'll help you start a Wix, a Wix blog, a website. I'm like, what's Wix? She was like, it's a, I'll help you. She sat down with me, she was like, I see this over your life. I want you to keep pursuing God like with reckless abandon and I'm gonna help you do that while you serve in your church. And so Angela McGee for me is a staple in my faith uh, because I wrestled through most of my really hard spaces with Angela with, before I wrestled really with anyone else and she was just phenomenal. So that's when God really sparked something in me, Pastor Jeffries, Angela McGee, and then I started working at the church we're coming from and ended up being on staff there for almost 10 years. And I held different roles. I was over small groups. I did the youth group for a little bit. Strategy was a big part of my last role, communications. And so I'm kind of a, a maverick in that sense and fell in love with the idea that the church is God's plan A. It just is. And the local church is, is literally what we get to be a part of. And I haven't looked back since. I will tell you a funny story. I went to school. Um, I wanted to be, like, my dream was to secure the bag. Do you know what that means? Like, I just wanted to make, like, a whole lot of money. Will you define like, it for anyone who doesn't uh, know what secure the bag Later, means? I would like for you to secure the, Google secure the bag, not now. But I will try to define it, and then I, I need you to culturally, go, like, Google it. Securing the bag means that you're going to do whatever it takes <laughs> to make sure that you are successful, financially stable and like you're getting after it. And so like in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna own 10 businesses. I'm gonna be a boss babe. That was it, like my dream was to be a boss babe. I'm not even gonna lie to you. As cringy as it sounds, as cringy as it's, I just wanna be honest with you. <laughs> like Mario and I would stay on the phone for hours at a time and I'd be like, I wanna start 72 businesses. And I wanna be like the 30, what was it, the women under 30 Fortune 500 companies. He's like, let's do it. And God was like, I want you to be in vocational ministry. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, I see it, God. <laughs> so that was like my dream before God like pivoted and really invited me into just something better. But sometimes I still get the itch of like, God, do you want me to be a corporate baddie? Is that, do you want me to go out? <laughs> like, I just need to be honest with you. I need you to know where like what I left at the altar. <laughs> like I need you, I'm not, I need you to know like corporate baddie. I, boss babe, yeah, that was what I was like, here, God, you're right, there's something better than that. But for you that, you do, that do it, I see you. 
I see you and I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, I could not love that more. This week, Nick was like, Jess, what do you really want to do with your life? Like, what would you do? And I did not say corporate baddie. I was like, I kind of, golf sounds fun. <laughs> I was like, if money wasn't an object, it would just, they just walk and talk. Swing, what are they, clubs? I don't know. Sounds nice. Like, I don't have a corporate baddie inside of me trying to get out. Um, but I love that you do in the name of Jesus. Um, okay, I didn't prep you for this question, but I think you're, you've got it, obviously. Um, I kind of left off at that story. But will you, will you kind of fill in the blank about, like, why Bright City? How did God talk to you about that? What did that look like? Just kind of testify for us, because I've gotten to watch a little bit, but I want everybody else to hear. I cry. FYI. So like if I teach at some point here, you're going to hear me cry because I just get really tender about God. So Bright City has been a story that's being that's been written or ha God has been writing in our lives for like what just said over a decade without us even knowing. And we spent the last two years, Mario and I, in like our covenant community just praying about the transition. Have y'all ever felt God like start shifting the plates under you? And you know that a, a change is coming, you know that sees it, but you can't like see it, but you can taste it. It's almost like the seasons are changing outside, right? Like you sort of feel the wind one day, the next day it kind of leaves. We started feeling that about two-ish years ago. And we heard God so clearly say, and this drove me insane. This drove me really crazy. We both, both of us heard God say, it's going to come through community and friendship. Like where I'm taking you is going to come through people you know. So like, I'm not asking you to like apply for a job. I'm not asking you to go look for a job. And that drove me crazy because I was out of that, that was out of my control, right? Like I did not like I knew that actively I was gonna have to just wait for God, yet again, right, to move in my life. And all I had to do was just obey and like step into the spaces that I felt Him like nudging me in. Because when the Holy Spirit moves, you can really you actually can really feel Him. You can feel Him nudging your mind, your like actual body sometimes. You can feel the stirring, right? And so when he said that to Mario and then he confirmed it with me, I was like, we have to be patient and wait because this is going to come through relationship. Whatever, whatever you're doing, God, wherever you're taking Mario and I is going to come through our people. And it didn't make sense. Like, I didn't know that Bright City was looking for who God was going to bring into, onto the team next to be an owner. Like, I didn't understand. And Justin and I talked at least, like, once a quarter. Like, hey, I love you. How's life? Great. Amen. It was, it never, ever clicked in my mind. And so as we were praying through this next season and, and I mean, we were at this church we just left, which we loved dearly for almost 10-ish years. Like, I had no idea Sophia was even a thought before we, by the time when we got there. And it was really interesting to, to see God, like, piece the story together. So when we were at this retreat with Jess, when I was with her, and she was sharing with me that this position had, you know, kind of fallen through, that God had closed this door, I remember leaving the, the room we were in, and I called Mario, like, 37 seconds after I talked to Jess. Like, literally. I was like, hey, I think something's happening. <laughs> literally. I'm like, hey, are you, can you talk? And he was like, well, did she send the role description over? And I was like, she's sending it right now. I'm going to look at it. And I think we both knew right there and then that God was doing something. But what's really important for you to know is that it took like six months and a lot of prayer and a lot of conversation and a lot of like steady slowness. And it made, God had already said it was going to come through community. God had already said it was going to come through relationship. And so as we prayed, we were like, okay, God, we've, we're seeing these things but we don't want to be like running from something. We want to run to wherever you have us going, right? 
And so we took it really slow, and we had our people praying, and we had our people seeking for us, and Pastor Nick and Jess were praying, and we were just, we invited people in, like, hey, we don't want to do this if it's not God. As much as we love Bright City, as much as we love the culture, which I'm going to get to in a minute, we want this to be, it has to be God. Because if I force myself into this, we, like, for another time, most of the time when we try to control God's hand, we know how it ends up, right? And so we for sure knew that we had to surrender even our desires at the foot at that point. We came down, we visited Bright City. I, had, I met with the incredible team and the staff that's been serving just for, at like with their whole heart, you guys. This team loves you. We love you. They give their, of their time and their heart and they work tirelessly every week. And I got to meet them in their hearts and how they own the vision of Bright City moved Mario and I. I mean, we... We, there's something so beautiful happening here. The culture that this church has of making space for God and room for God, like it's tangible, right? It's tangible and if you've not tasted it yet, come back because I know that God will stir you into it. Like give it, keep coming and keep, keep putting your feet down, right? And where he has us here. And so I looked over at Mario in the last, the last visit we had when we came um, and, and met with the team and we were both so moved by the spirit. And I looked over at Mario and he looked over at me and he was like, this, this is it, like this is our church. And we knew what we were, what we were being invited into it wasn't even, it was revival for our family. It's revival, like God was doing something so much bigger than just through us. It was for our kids, because that's how he works. It's never just for like one person or one thing. It's so multifaceted. God sees like beyond what we could ever see. And so when he moves in your life, he's moving for like 72 other reasons. For your kids and the generations and the body, it would be a ble- it's always a blessing to so many. And we looked at each other and we were like, that's what's happening. And it took so long for me to be able to see that, but God's timing is different than our timing. And when we really do give God time in our lives to move, he blesses us in ways we cannot even describe, but it takes patience and perseverance and surrender. And that's how we ended up at Bright City. Ooh, thank you, God. I just wanna, I just wanna testify a little bit and cause I, I, we won't get to do this again after this Sunday, but I wanna tell you guys from our end a little bit of what that process looked like. Um, for me, I, it didn't look like anything cause I wasn't in the process um, because as soon as we knew it was Alex who was gonna be interviewing, I was like, I can't, actually be on the hiring team. I I wasn't anyways, to be honest. They didn't ask me, but um, I recused myself (laughs) officially. She really did. She Um, sent me a voice text. She's like, I can't, I can't be a part of this, but I really love you. I I know. Yeah. I said from here on out, I'm on your team. I'm on God's team. I don't know what's happening, but you know, I I won't be involved. Um, But the day that Nick called me and said, Hey, I just had a call with Alexandra. I think she's going to apply for the job. I said, okay, I I won't, I won't be able to talk about this anymore after today Um, because I'll, I'll be on, I'll be too biased. I can't be unbiased. So I, what I did is I pulled out the notes app on my phone and I said, Nick, I'm going to make a list of everything I think, and I'm going to send it to you um, and go with God. Um, And I just want to tell you like a couple of things that were on that list. I said, I don't know that I know somebody who loves God's word more than Alex. I said, I don't know that I know of a more healthy marriage. Um, I, I said, the Hoovers are relentlessly obsessed with God's glory. And as I wrote that list and sent it to Nick, I was like, guess I'm, I can't be unbiased at all. I, that's what I think. So, <laughs> um, but I do want you to know that there was a team of people just praying and sitting with them and asking questions and asking questions about you guys and asking questions about what we need next. 
Um, and so it was a really beautiful spirit-filled process. But after the first interview, everybody was like, what do we got to do to get her in this house? Um, that being said, your role, your actual role, yes. Nick made up a fun acronym that helps me remember it, SIR, Director of Strategy, Implementation, and Replication. Um, that's your role, sir. Sir. Sir Alexandra. <laughs> um, your role is the Director of Strategy, Implementation, and Replication. Um, so what are the like starting points that you're working on? What are you most excited about? What does that look like? I am most excited about, I'll say this and then I'll dive into like the practical, some of the practical, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Like I'm excited that there are barely any chairs left, that we get to create new processes and bring alignment to our ministry teams so that our first time guests feel loved and honored so that the, the, the people who are coming who just follow Jesus, and if you don't follow Jesus, by the glory of God today, maybe the day, I wanna make sure you feel honored when you follow Jesus. I wanna make sure our teams know how to walk with you and love you, and they do. We just have to build some processes around it because we're growing, right, and that's a part of it. So what I'm really excited about is honoring our community, honoring our church, honoring our body, by implementing some, some frameworks that we desperately need, right, to be able to make sure that we have enough chairs. <laughs> that when God continues to grow, that we love you, that you can bring your friends and your family. Like, I tongue in cheek, I say, like, my, I have 800 kids, but I have three kids. That's a lot of kids for me, okay? And the Bright Kids needs us to step back there because we, you know, we've got 800 kids together in here because we are fruitful and multiplying in the name of Jesus, and families will continue to come, right? And so, Practically speaking, I'm, I'm st my, my hope and like my desire has been from the moment like just to get to know the heart of the people, the culture of the church. I don't want to come in and just change things, and Mario doesn't either. What we want to do is step in and like offer up our gifts and be like, God, what are you doing here? How can we come alongside you? And that's what I've been doing the last few weeks before processes and frameworks. It's seeking God desperately like for our church and our community with that, obviously, like he's revealed some spaces where I, we get to lean in and figure out what does our next steps process look like and really and really walk with you all through the way of the right as we disciple and grow together groups, right? There's so much that's happening and we want you guys to know about it, yeah. right? And so my, my first few weeks has been how do I make sure with our teams that you guys know about the incredible ways that Bright City is showing up, is loving people, is serving, is honoring our community, by just honestly giving our ministry leaders the space to like think about it. Because one thing about growth and expansion is that when we, you begin to grow, you don't really have the mental capacity to do both. And you have to have somebody come alongside and be like, hey, I see, I see your vision, how can I support you in it? And I love to be able to do that. I love to be able to come alongside leaders and be like, I have a vision, you tell me your vision, let's partner together and see what God's gonna do. And it's beautiful and dynamic, and God loves it when we work that way together, especially for his church and his people, right? So that's a lot of what I've been doing. Uh, we are seeking God because we know that next Sunday we're going to have less chairs left, and the following Sunday we're going to have next, you know, less chairs left, and you're going to keep inviting people. So that, for me, is my goal. How do we honor in the midst of that? So good. Hey, if you've never heard it before, let's give you a 30-second mini-sermon on growth. Um, Here's my take. I always tell people, a lot of times I hear people say, and no shade, right, if you've said this, I love Bright City because I love that it's small. Um, and if I have the opportunity to speak into that, I always say, like, don't love it because it's small because mm -hmm. we don't worship small or big. We worship God, mm -hmm. and he gets to decide how many people are in the room. Yeah. 
But just so you know, um, we are unashamed about wanting as many people as possible to hear Amen. the good news that Jesus yep. loved them and died for them. So we don't worship like a small church and say like, we just want to keep it small because that means we just want to keep the gospel to ourselves. And we don't want to do that. We want as many people to hear the good news that we actually believe that a man came and died for their sins and that that purchased eternal life for them and also abundant life for them right now. And we know that people in this city are hurting and lonely and depressed and anxious and striving. And we have the gospel. So we want to give that to them. And we want to give them community. And we want to give them a place to serve and use their gifts because that is abundance. So we let God to decide how many people that is. We just honor and show up and make sure there's room and chairs and people to hold their kids and, and disciple their kids and, and lead their groups and, and meet them when they have tragedy. That's what we really want to care about, right? Amen? Amen? Amen. So that being said... We're going through a growth spurt. <laughs> um, we brought you mm-hmm. on because yeah. we perceived that's what God was doing. Yeah. And before you even got here, that was happening. Yep. And that's happening because of you guys. That's happening because of the gospel. That's happening yep. because, because our city really is just hurting and they yep. need truth and love. But what would you say to someone who would, mm. who would say, which we have this conversation in our house a lot. Mm. Um, and, and I w- I'll raise my hand, you guys, because th- this is me. Like, what yeah. would you say to someone who's fearful of change hmm. or scared to grow? Hmm. I most recently had a, a quick story, and then I want to answer the question. I had a meeting with a woman who said this to me, and it really, like, changed my perspective about change and growth. When we go through change and growth, it's God giving us the authority to be able to move through things that we, don't like, that we lack control of. And a stretching that happens within that, right? And so here's what I would say to my friends, you all, my family that's in this room right now, regardless of whether it's growth here or growth in your life or change here or change in your life, it's literally always an invitation from God. Every single time, every single time. And us being able to step into it with God and saying to him like, hey, this feels really scary, God will honor that, but then he'll exchange it with this faith that isn't yours to really carry, it's his. And he'll equip you to walk it out. And so when things are moving and changing, that's God moving in your life. Like we pray for God to move and we pray for God to do something and then we we begin to see change. We have to be able to acknowledge it and say like, that's God. Like we we don't change things, guys, it's him. Like we move and breathe and have our being because of God. And so even change in our seasons and change in our church is actually God in our lives, moving on our behalf as uncomfortable as it may be and as beautiful as it is, right? And so we get to take a deep breath in it and say, God, thank you for moving because I've been praying for you to move. I've been praying for new vision, for direction. I've been praying for this thing and it doesn't look like how I thought it would and it might be scary, but I know that it's you. If we could just, if we can sit in that and trust God with that in everything, whether it's this church or your own personal life, you guys, there's a freedom that comes with that. Why? Because it's out of our hands. It's not us, right? Like manipulating our lives or manipulating any growth or changing things. When we give things to God, he actually takes them up and does what he wants with it. When we can verbally pray and like surrender. And so for this body, as we're growing, this is God's church, right? And he is doing something. And for the owners who have been here, 
glory to God that you get to see God move. Like this is an act of God in Ebenezer in this church. Like God has brought us this far and he's gonna continue to build and we get to be a part of it, as scary as it seems. Another reframe that's been helpful for me in our, our own personal life, and again, just because we've, we're going through change and transition in all sorts of ways, I'm like, God, how do you want me to step into it? How do you want me to partner with you in it? How can I use my gifts for your glory and the good of others? How can I pray? When I move myself out of the way, it becomes less about me and more about God, right? So like the change isn't really about us, it's about God, and we get to partner with him. That reframe has been so freeing, it's released me from so much pride of like, well, I'm going through change. My life has changed. No, God is doing something, and I get to partner with God in that. God, how do you want me to step into it? There's a passion and a purpose that comes with that, because then you become an, an owner, right, of God's vision too, and it's no longer just yours. Amen. Okay, this last question is really fun. Nick made it up. Actually, Nick wrote all these questions, um, but... <laughs> Um, I just couldn't take credit. Like, I planned the rest of them. I didn't. Um, I just love food. I'm not even kidding. A lot. And so if you're like, hey, we want to hang out, just, like, ask us to dinner or lunch, and we'll be like, send us the address. <laughs> you know why? Because, like, practically, like, we can feed the kids, yeah. and they'll be content, and then we can really connect with you, and also we just really love food a lot. And that way I don't have to, you know, like, wash the dishes. That's not a love language for me at all. Um, it's going and having somebody like cook for our family or like feed us at a restaurant in Jesus name. in the name of Jesus yeah, that's great that would be a great way I also have a fun one I am I right I hope I'm not wrong um, are you guys are doing the way of the bright yes we they, are. so the Hoovers are going to be attending the way of the bright yep. which is our group that starts tomorrow yep. for nine weeks if you've never been through the way of the yep. bright it's an incredible way to figure out what we what what it looks like to shine the light of Jesus yeah. here at Bright City, and you guys are going to be attending we that. We will be attending. Yeah. So you could sit at their table. That would be a, a really great way to connect. Please, thank you. I love it. Okay. Hey, can you guys just bless Alex one more time with me and just praise God for her? And before, um, before we worship, we're going to do one more thing. Um, and we're going to invite Mario and the kids to come on up. And um, we're going to just pray for them and just commission them into this season. So if you would just put out a hand, if any of you want to come up here and lay hands on them, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, but we're just going to commission them and honor this call um, that we see on their life. Amen? We're going? You guys coming? Put up a hand. Throw up a hand. Father, we say yes and amen. to the call to the righteousness uh, that you've imparted to this family. God, we say we're overwhelmed with gratitude that you would write this story. We really kind of can't believe it. You're such a generous father. You're so kind to us. You're so kind to the Hoovers, God. And um, we just pray favor and fervor over their season here. We pray wild vision that you would write it on the sidewalk what you have for them. We pray for their individual callings, for Mario and for Alexander, God, that you would give them favor and fervor, that you would give them vision and wisdom and insight and also energy 
um, to step into all that you have for them. God, we pray for wild rest and peace over their home. We say that as they step into a beautiful new season of ministry, they'd also step into a beautiful new season of rest, free from striving and full of peace, God. Give us insight, give us wisdom, give us Holy Spirit wisdom about how to be on their team about how to love them well, about how to spur them on. God, make us ready for growth. Make us ready for the wisdom and insight you're going to give them for a bright city. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I say one quick thing? Yeah, come on. There was, uh, we sort of skipped over this one question, and I just feel so led to, to say it and to, to like speak it out loud to my new family. The question was, what, what fires you up? Right, what fires you up? And I need you to know that what fires me up is really seeing people encounter God because of the way that I've encountered God in my own personal life and the way that I've seen him change my family and change me and break generational like trauma and curses and give me purpose for my life. So when you see me stepping into any space that God calls me to, please know that it's from a woman who's like been really transformed by Jesus, who's like in the thick of it with you, but like who has seen God move in her life in a way that has changed it. So that's what stirs me and that's what moves me and that is what I pray you see through my family is just like people who love God with reckless abandon because we've seen them move miraculously through two very broken people in ways that will change our family forever. And that is what fires me up and I get to do it in different ways, but really this is my favorite way with you guys. So I'm really glad to be here and I love you. Oh, bless you, thank you, we love you. Man, I love you guys. Thank you for loving my friend well. Thank you for welcoming her. I just want to thank you in advance for letting her use her gifts in a way that's going to stretch us and lead us to a new place. Um, hey, this is the time that we call it Bright City Response Time. And um, we call it Response Time because we believe that God is out there. Um, but the, the skins would get like used to the wine and they would get kind of like aged in a way that would make them like stiff and strong. So you could carry it like a, I don't know, canteen, whatever. A Stanley cup is really what we're talking about. A biblical Stanley cup. Um, and, but what would happen is that they, after they would get so old that they would sometimes start to crack. And if you would put new wine into an old wine skin, it would just totally burst because old containers can't carry new vision and old containers oftentimes cannot carry fresh words and old containers cannot often sustain what God is doing in the new. And so that's what this song is about. It's saying like, we believe God is constantly bringing new wine. He's constantly bringing growth. He is not a God of stagnation. Nation. He's a God of new things and new words and new life and new freedom and new healing and new wholeness and new righteousness and new levels of trust and belief and wisdom and insight. But you can't put new wine into old wine skins. The container has to shift a little bit. You got to get more chairs in the room. You got to mix up your life a little bit sometimes to receive what he's doing. Um, and so we've just heard this incredible message on growth, but I want to I pause and, and say, like, it's going to take a new wineskin. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. Today we are praying in pre-service prayer, and I, I just had to repent. And I want to tell you guys exactly what I said. I had to repent. I said, God, I have, um, I have spent so much time maintaining my own brokenness. 
I spend so much time maintaining my own sin. I feel like sometimes I'm like out here repairing an old wineskin over and over and over again, putting band-aids on it and, and trying to paint it and trying to clean it up when instead God's like, hold on, I just want to do a new thing. And it means you're going to have to leave the old behind, but that is the work of salvation over and over and over again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to fake it till you make it. You just come into agreement. Say, I want something new today. Maybe what you need new today is actual salvation. Maybe all of that sounded like gibberish because you have never made the one-time decision to say, I want to walk with God. And we want to honor that. We want to celebrate that. We want to say, number one, we don't make an assumption that everyone who sits in this room walks with Jesus. So we want to take a second. I'm going to pray for you in a second and say, if you want a whole new wineskin, if you want to walk with God and say, I want to say yes to God, and I don't even know what that means, but I want to. I want to know him. That's it. We want to do it. The other thing is you might just have some old wineskins you need to break or get rid of or throw out, and we want to pray with you. So Mario and Alexandra are going to be up here, and the rest of our team is going to be up here, and they would love to just pray with you, a no shame moment to just say, like, we see you. We actually think people who come forward and confess it's time to break the old wineskins, that that's not weak, that's strong. That's not something to shame. That's something to celebrate. We're going to stand, and we're going to worship. I'm going to ask you, just if nothing else, Pay attention to what God is saying to you. Let Holy Spirit talk to you and communicate to you. If Bright City is your church, this is a moment where you can give and be faithful and say, like, not only am I putting my feet in the room because I believe there's growth happening here, I'm actually giving back to God what is his, and I'm putting my money where my feet is, too, and saying, I want to I buy more seats for new people. I want to make sure that the kids' rooms have plenty of things. I actually want to be able to resource so that we can go out into the city and reach more people and serve them and be on their team. So you can get prayer, and you can worship, and you can give, and in the name of Jesus, please go take communion. If by grace through faith you're a part of the family of God, go and remember that all of this is possible because his body and his blood was given on your behalf. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, Father, we, uh, we say yes and amen to new wineskins, whatever that means. And God, I just want to pray right now for any of my friends who might say, like, I, I, did, I, I don't know what any of this means, but I think I want in. I've heard over and over again, God loves me or Jesus died for me, and now I actually want to live like I mean that. God, I just pray for any of my friends who might say right now, I confess, I'm a sinner, I want to believe in Jesus, that he is the way and the truth and the light. And if that's you, if right now you're saying, like, actually, this is me, I need, to, I need to say I want in, can you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking. I just want to pray for you and bless you and honor you. You can raise your hand right where you're at. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. We say welcome to the family of God. We love you. We bless you. Thank you, God, for new brothers and sisters in Christ. Holy Spirit, be gentle but complete. Help us to respond to your word, God. We, we, we sang earlier about how we need a fresh wind, and that starts with repentance and confession. And so we, we just come into agreement with Acts 3.19 and 
20 that says, repent therefore that times of refreshing may come. We want to leave out of here more refreshed people than we came in. So help us to confess our sin. Help us to confess our desires. Help us to confess our uncomfortability with growth. We love you, God. Move in your people. Amen. Thanks for listening into Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.